Hi, welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast, episode 103. Today's grammar point is about another connector or conjunction or lianzi, whichever you prefer. And this one is 不是而是. And it essentially is going to be used when you want to correct uh, a statement, uh, an analysis, a reason, something that was said that was incorrect. It's, you want to say it's not that. It's actually this, and that's what the R does. So it's 不是this,而是this. Uh, so it's fairly simple, but it's also very useful. So we won't need too many example sentences. Let's just go with three today. So the first one to explain how this particular structure works uh, is as follows. 这辆车不是我的,而是他的. Really simple, right? That's actually from level 35 of the Mandarin Blueprint method. So all this sentence is saying is, this car isn't mine, but his. That's what the R is, is, a, is kind of a but. but actually, it's his. That's simple, right? And you can just move on to the next sentence. But I just wanted to add a little tip here whilst, whilst saying this, because it's a good idea to try and imagine a situation where the sentence is being said. Rather than just reading the sentence in black and white, Try and actually imagine a situation, a scenario where this would be being said. So for me, for example, I when I read this sentence before doing this podcast, I thought, I thought, oh, that's uh, that reminds me of that scene from uh, Friends where Joey is pre pretending he has a Porsche and he's like dressed up in the Porsche stuff, and then eventually he has to be like, ah, uh, he doesn't actually say this, but he, you can imagine him saying. Uh, someone kind of like facing him and saying, is this really your car? And he looks at it and he's like, no, it's not mine. And then he gives the keys, <laughs> right? So um, that's just an idea. Now, in terms of adding images, like it's really helpful to add images to your flashcards, as you know, but maybe you don't always have time or the effort or the energy, sorry, to add images to your sentence flashcards because there's just so many of them. And sentences aren't as vital as characters or words, they're infinite essentially. So you, you know, yeah, it's not, it's not really, uh, maybe as worth spending your time on, but if you find a good sentence, it's a good idea to add images to your flashcards. But if you can't be bothered or you don't have the time or you think, don't think it's worth it, that's fine. Just imagine a scenario where it's being said. Just a little extra tip there for you. It will help cement and create more emotional and uh, mnemonic connections to the words being used. So sentence two, let's have a look at this one. 我不是不懂,而是不同意。This is this for, you know, if you're not, if you haven't been learning Chinese for too long, this could be a bit weird to read at first, this sort of structure, the way it's, 我不是不懂,I am not, not understand,I <laughs> am not. So you could also say, 不是不懂,不是我不懂。You could also flip it around as well. 而是不同意。So it's not that I don't understand, it's that I disagree. Okay, so... Uh, fairly straightforward again you could try and imagine a situation where that could be being said so let's move on to sentence three now and this is a line from a famous uh, fairy tale I say fairy tale it sounds so nice doesn't it and sweet but actually this is one of those darker fairy tales uh, this is Little Red Riding Hood uh, this is the original version I guess so uh, you, you'll see what I mean in a sec here's the sentence Ren, the hunter 没有一刀杀了狼, he didn't just kill the, the, the lion, the, the lion, sorry, the wolf with his knife, 而是把狼的肚子切开. <laughs> so you notice a little difference here, we're using 没有 instead of 不是, and the reason is because it's the past. We're talking about the past, so you can just change 不是 to 没有, but 而是 stays the same, okay? So 
uh, didn't just kill the lion, kill the, I keep saying lion, I keep thinking lion, didn't just kill the wolf with one stab with his knife, uh, he, he took the, he cut open the stomach of the wolf. Pretty grim, pretty brutal, as are the old school uh, European fairy tales there. All right, so uh, I hope that's clear. That one's very clear. That one's very visual. I don't need to remind you to visualize that at all, do I? Um, but yeah, that is how you use 不是而是. Very simple structure. So go ahead and try that out with your tutor. All right, let's jump into your wonderful emails and comments that we've got from you this week. Uh, we're going to start with Sabrina, uh, who sent us a, an email uh, recently. And she says, Hi, as you may remember, I cancelled my yearly subscription so that I could take advantage of your lifetime program. Uh, yes, that's something we just did. Um, by the time you hear this, we probably won't be doing it. We're running it until the end of August. Um, so just get in contact at contact at mandarinblueprint.com. If you hear this and it's not yet the 1st of October uh, 2020, Give us a message and uh, we'll, we'll give you the link. And you can get lifetime access to everything we do for $399. Uh, we've been so amazed about how much, how many people on our course already have cancelled their subscriptions and decided to go with the lifetime option. Um, so go ahead and do it if you still have time uh, and you think that we offer enough value for you to do that, uh, which the people that have been on our course for long enough seem to mostly think. So that we're, we're very um, humbled by that. This may give you an indication by uh, of my opinion already. I love your course. <laughs> Great. I started your program just a few weeks ago. I have progressed slowly through the pronunciation mastery part as I really want to learn the right way to speak. I really like how you organize units and overall the overall course. Your videos are good bite-sized chunks that give the necessary information. The repetition of having pronunciation section with Annie at the end of every group helps immensely too. The flashcards are also amazing and really, really helpful. Lovely. Thank you. Thank you, Sabrina. Um, what I really like is how you meticulously go through each sound with clear examples. And if there are any questions, you respond back pretty immediately. I also like that everyone's questions are listed. Several times I have had the same question as someone else, so it's really great to have these addressed as you do. For example, I noticed the difference between ing, ing ending and where it should sound more like ung than ing in both Annie's review and the flashcards. Yes, that's because you know different regions of China pronounce things slightly differently. Some say ying, some say yung, some say ying. You know, it's slightly different. Not only did you give a written answer, but you also addressed it in more depth in your podcast and video. Yeah, exactly. We love doing that. Uh, this is so wonderful. I cannot thank you enough for providing such good information. Well, I'm glad the, the, the effort's paying off. It works for you. I'm really looking forward to progressing through your entire course. I believe, based on what I'm experiencing so far, that I will be able to become fluent in Mandarin thanks to you. Thanks to you. Thank you so much, Sabrina. You sure will. Uh, it's all about consistency and the right method. So uh, thank you, Sabrina. Uh, best of luck. Keep us updated. We love to hear about people's progress on the course. And the next one's by uh, Oliver. It's also an email. And he says, Dear Luke and Phil, although it was necessary for me to take a break learning Chinese, the daily Anki routine is still something never to be missed. That's great news. And that makes it easy for me to pick up where I left off shortly. With the help of the MB method, it was possible for me to acquire HSK1 level with an excellent score in a very short time. 
just using MB, a vocabulary list and some mock tests for preparation. That's great to hear. I love getting um, hard data from you guys, um, which is what our case study emails, uh, sorry, uh, emails, blog, uh, what do you call it, uh, interviews, there you go, uh, that we do with a lot of you regularly uh, really help. They help us get solid feedback, like how much progress did you make uh, and how, how much time did it take and all this sort of stuff. So please, uh, if you've if had uh, any, or even if you're not doing an email or any sort of uh, interview with us, just send us an update every now and then. Uh, even if you've never spoken to us before, let us know if you have any breakthroughs of any kind with this passing an HSK using our method, whether it's, um, you know, you feel like you've gotten to a certain level of fluency or understanding, comprehension, uh, because of the Mandarin Blueprint method. We need to hear that stuff. It's, it's great hearing just general praise and things like that, but we, it would be, it's, 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 I would say, even better to hear specifics from you. Um, like, for example, my, one of my favorite uh, interviews was with, with Roseanne, Roseanne, sorry, um, from um, Austria. He finished our entire curriculum, the up to the intermediate course, in under six months, and he was pretty much zero level. I think he had a slight, he had a little bit of practice uh, with another, another app or something, but uh, essentially he was an absolute beginner, and uh, he was just, you know, reading reading you know, he learned all the characters and he was reading very well uh, he hasn't focused too much on speaking at that point um, but that was my advice to him is to start focusing on speaking now um, but he, he it was just great to hear that he, he'd uh, in six months at about mm, two hours three hours a day between two and three hours a day on average he had smashed through the entire curriculum and he was reading reading fluently and not speaking fluently yet but I'm sure he will be very soon all the other stuff that I bought turned out to be unnecessary yeah before using the MB method, I tried a couple of other methods, both online and offline, but the holistic approach of your method was the only one that really did work right from the start. That being said, I wanted to take the opportunity to just say thank you. Once circumstances allow, next year and 500 words later, I feel confident traveling to China without being lost. And as we all know, this is just the beginning of a very interesting journey. Thanks again and best regards from Germany, Oliver. Wonderful. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Keep keep up with the course. And again, just like with Sabrina, keep us updated. We, I really want to hear how you get on. And if you need anything, let us know. Um, and also, yeah, don't forget about uh, practicing speaking because it gets really addictive getting on the course and smashing your way through and learning how to read and your, your you know, words and sentences and paragraphs and you're reading Chinese and it's really exciting and you're even writing stories as well. You can read and write, but you still need to practice that side of things um, with uh, you know language exchange partners, tutors and stuff. I've started saying this regularly now on the podcast because I really want to push people to do it. Um, and uh, yeah, so you don't, you don't want to end up uh, with an unbalanced skill set, is what I'm saying. And uh, if you need any, again, specific advice on that, let me know as well. Contact at mandarinblueprint.com. <laughs> well done, Oliver. Looking forward to hearing from you. Uh, Chris Lewis on the Mandarin Blueprint Method Overview. So this is right at the beginning of the course. Uh, and uh, he says, I loved and resonated with everything that was said in the Rapid Acquisition Crash Course. 
I've done some traditional learning and some memory techniques and was looking for something exactly like this. Well done, guys. Amazing. I look forward to fluency in less time than I thought possible. Yeah, so if you, if you haven't heard of the Rapid Acquisition Crash Course, it's, um, it's, uh, it's a free course that you can access if, you, if you're not paying us on like a subscription at the moment, um, or whether you are or not, actually, you can go to our website on the resources section, you can sign up. Uh, it's just an hour of content of me and Phil just talking about my well, it's actually my story, what how I struggled with uh, Mandarin and how I went to uh, meet Phil and how we created the the course together, and why and how what what, what research we based it on. We'll get into all the nitty gritty of language learning. It's actually really useful stuff. Um, and yeah, obviously Chris went on to then purchase the course, so uh, or a, su a subscription rather. So thanks very much, Chris. Uh, it's very nice of you to say. Yeah, and, and I believe you will too. I think, yeah, it's it's not as hard as it sounds or as, as people make out. Corinna uh, on uh, basic Chinese sentence. This is a bonus uh, bonus grammar lesson from me, I believe. Yeah, this is, this is my video. She says, you guys make grammar fun. Wow, that's a, quite a feat. <laughs> I literally lolled when you told us that little anecdote about your tutor sessions at the end because that would totally be me as well. I was just mentioning, <laughs> it took me a while to remember, but I was I was talking about one of my tutors from the past. She would ask me like, do we being like the questions about, have you, do you remember, you, you forgot to add this? And I just, she asked me so many times and it was so boring that I would just pretend that I, I'm, yeah, sorry, I forgot again. And I didn't actually know what the heck she was talking about. And uh, I'm glad Corinna found that funny. <laughs> I really like these questions and I, I really like these sort of, what's the difference between this word and this word? You know, it's fun to think about. Uh, and uh, I, I don't wanna be annoying at all, but at the end of the day, the best way to know is to go and look up each word and find a bunch of example sentences and it will click. But sometimes it will click, you don't wanna wait for that unconscious click. You wanna just click for, you know, get a, get a head start, click. Click with it consciously and then go and acquire it later. That's fine. I like doing it too. We all like it. It's fun. So Rick Santos is uh, quite, actually he's got two in a row, which were, which were quite good. Uh, so he says, when do you use 健康 and 身体? Do they mean the same thing when used as a noun? Can 身体 be used as an adjective meaning healthy? So they both mean health, right? So you can say, for example, um, but you, you just can't, so for example, yeah, so I just need to give you a bunch of example sentences. That's, that's the only way to explain the difference between words. And it's all based upon my feeling. And the reason why I have that feeling is because I've read and listened a lot and I've seen them in context. So I can say that you can, and this is what a Chinese person would do too. They would say, well, you can use it this way. You can say, um, I'm healthy. I eat well, I exercise and all that stuff. Um, but you can't say you can't say I am because shanti is body right but it's also used to mean health um, so you can say it, but you have to use it in this way you have to say uh, is your mum's health okay is she doing alright but you can't say it's weird right you don't say it's her health so is more healthy I suppose and uh, yeah, you can say, I am very healthy. But yeah, so you cannot use, you say, I am very jiankang, but you can't say, I'm very shen. So no, you can't use it in that way. All right, how do I, again, how do I know, know all this? I read and I listened. I looked at example sentences. So um, go and check out, uh, if, you have, if you get curious about words, 
please ask us because uh, I do. Like I said, I find it quite fun. It's like a little puzzle. Um, but um, the best way is just to read a bunch of example sentences. Okay. Rick also asks, um, how does holai differ from iho? And the really short answer is this: holai means afterwards, and which means it's talking about the past, and iho means after, or just in the future in general. Okay. As, as usual. I've prepared, I'll just go through some example sentences, right? So here's an example sentence for, uh, a couple of example sentences for yi hou. So this one says, shui xing yi hou, ge wo da dian hua. After you have woken up, so that's a specific event that's going to happen, or that, you know, uh, will happen, or is happening, or whatever. Yi hou, after that specific event, do something else. But you could also just say, in general, this is the future. She afterwards doesn't want to live, or after doesn't want to live in England. So it's just saying her general future is going to be like this. Something in the future will happen or won't happen in general. Okay? Whereas, here's another sentence from the course. So we didn't um, know until afterwards. So this uh, this this guy already had a girlfriend, okay. So afterwards and after that's pretty much it. This next one is from Karis Scott. Um, <laughs> I just thought I'd put this one in because uh, just add it's just something I didn't realize. She she asked this question. She said the tongue positions, as in you know the 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 three sort of I believe problem initial like the, uh, the problem initial positions of the um uh the pinyin alphabet like the opinion initials for example like uh, uh, you know with the tongue up and down she's like are they the same as the welsh alphabet and i was like i don't know <laughs> your homework is to figure that out and she went and she checked and apparently they are the same so i have not corroborated this i've not confirmed this but if anyone's welsh out there uh you're going to be naturally getting a head start at Chinese, so according to Karis, so that's awesome. Thanks for finding that out for us. So William Beeman on uh, and the if the uh, the bonus grammar point all about if ruguo and dehua. Uh, he says uh, I thought that ruguo and dehua both meant if. In this sentence, ruguo ni they both appear. Is there a special reason for this? Uh, no. Uh, it's just the full way, I guess you could say. You could see that ruguo and dehua are like a, a full structure, or yaoshi and dehua, you know, they're, they're all sort of the same. But um, ruguo by itself is fine, and dehua, just put at the end, also means if, that's fine. And you can also say ruguo and dehua, and it's all the same, yeah? So it's just longer, and as far as my, my knowledge goes, like, there's not, not any major difference whatsoever, okay? William also gave us a, an insightful comment on our shadowing uh, guide in phase four. So once you get to a certain level of our course, phase four, which I believe is level 21, <laughs> don't quote me on that, but it's, it's pretty far into the course. And at this point, you're getting good at reading and understanding and even writing if you've been practicing a little bit. And what we suggest is that so, so your speaking doesn't fall behind, as I mentioned earlier in this podcast, we get you to, we push you to do a bit of shadowing, which could be one sentence, a paragraph, or an entire story. But basically you listen and you speak at the same speed and intonation and everything as a speaker. 
and it does help if you're moving as well your blood your blood's pumping so it's really good to go for a walk earphones um safely you know uh, around a park maybe even read at the same time if, as long as you can see where you're going and you've got a clear path just walking through it or just you know if you just it's so good for you um and it's so good for your language it's one of our favorite skills it, it takes a lot of energy to do but it's worth it right anyway we, we've said that many times but uh, William just commented uh, and said, thanks for this useful advice. I wanted to second what you are saying. A lot of people think that language learning is primarily cognitive. Some go as far as understanding that you have to exercise and involve vocal apparatus, but language is, in fact, extremely kinesthetic. When we use language, we are always using it in context, and we are using our whole bodies, as I'm doing right now. Not just our brain, our lips, our tongue. We are moving, gesturing, directing our gaze, feeling the environment, and of course, the responses from everyone else that you're talking to. Engaging all our senses. Think Proust and his Madelines. I don't know what that means, but I will look into it. I should tell you that I am a trained opera singer. My great coaches insisted that when learning our roles, we should be moving as we sing. Uh, body movement tends to concretize the learning. So... When you get on stage, you don't forget your long opera roles because your memory is tied to body movement, gesture, and of course, interaction with other performers and the physical stage set. This is just a long way of saying, I think you are suggesting an extremely effective technique that has resonance in many other memorization and routinization learning tasks. Thanks for that, William. I uh, really appreciate uh, that, it's very articulate. And I agree, uh, and I think I can't really overstate the importance of this activity. And it's really cool as well because um, I believe uh, Moira got in touch um, recently and she was like, I'm, I'm so busy. Uh, I think she works at a hospital. And as you can imagine, it's crazy busy at a lot of hospitals at the moment. And she's like, I do not have the time. I only walk to work. But it's like, you could do, you know, you could, you could be shadowing on the way to work. It's a, it's a great way of taking advantage of that time you have whilst traveling. Um, so it's just, just highly efficient. I can't think of a more efficient uh, technique in terms of results. Chris Jensen on Tougher Initials Explanation, uh, he says, this is in the pr uh, Pronunciation Mastery course, he says, great lesson, the, un the voiced and unvoiced and heavily less aspirated explanations were simple but made a very noticeable difference for me. That's great, yeah, so if you guys uh, have forgotten, it's all about the, the B and the D and the, and the P and the T, how to overestimate, over, over aspirate a little bit in Chinese for them, like K, like K, like K as well, the P and the T. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot more air that comes out in Chinese. It's a subtle difference, but yeah, it does help. Um, and the voiced and unvoiced especially, you know, uh, like B, D, G, um, we don't say it like that in Chinese. It's more like B, D, G. It's more like uh, that beatboxing. <laughs> that's how I remember that's how I described it. Um, so yeah, that's awesome, I'm glad that helped. Um, no one's actually ever said that before about that specific thing. So I'm glad uh, glad my uh, mine and Phil's efforts weren't wasted there. Next one is from Chris Lewis. And he asks, so can be used in different sentences with different tones and sounds. How many characters share this trait? And poor Chris here is discovering the wonders of Doyenzi for the first time, uh, which is a bit of a rude awakening for learners. 
uh, when you, you're just getting the hang of learning characters, like, hey, I could maybe do this. And then you realize, what? You mean 20% of all common characters have multiple pronunciations with different meanings as well in different contexts? Yes, unfortunately. Um, hundreds and hundreds of characters. But you get used to it pretty easily. Um, and it's not a big deal. The idea of the hands and moving method is to teach you a basis, uh, teach you one very common, if preferably the most common, if, if there is, if we can delineate it that way, teach you the most common character pronunciation for each character. Uh, and then once you have that grounding, you can read, write, and pronounce this character in this particular way with this particular usage. You can then learn the other pronunciations and uh, meanings that come with that through exposure. And it, it works fine. Yeah, you can handle it. Uh, some people have gone as far as, for certain characters, making separate scenes, movie scenes, in order to learn the different pronunciations of the same character, um, which may be well worth it for some, some people. I, it, we didn't have to do that. I didn't. You know. I learned uh, 3,000 characters in six months using this method alongside a, a few other things that I was doing. Uh, and I've never really been bothered that much by it, you know, because most, most of the time, the, eventually all of the time, uh, it's really obvious which pronunciation it is, depend as long as you understand the context, which is why, you know, keep learning characters and words, keep reading, keep listening. Jason Pond, level 16, he says, I love the idea that, oh, so he's a, Jason Pond is, is um, uh, getting to the point, level 16, so that's, that's coming up to phase four now. He's really starting to get into his groove of reading, not just sentences, but longer form content as well. Uh, Jason says, I love the idea that all of the previous sentences that we've been acquiring throughout the lessons are building blocks to larger dialogues. A bit of gaming concept of gathering the materials for investment later on. Nifty indeed. Yes, I was pretty happy with that as well. I love that idea of the course. And um, yeah, so for those of you that don't know, of course you learn characters with us. It's all a, a single linear system. It's all step by step in one pretty much straight line. You just you learn components and characters, and then eventually you build up enough characters to unlock words. You know to learn compound words, character, uh, words of more than one character, and then build up a few of those and you start to read sentences made up of words and characters you already know, uh, which get more and more, uh, more and more familiar as you, as you delve into the course. And then, in, uh, then we start introducing sentences that are part of late, larger dialogues. So you learn them first as individual sentences, and then once you've learned enough, you've unlocked enough of those sentences, you unlock the paragraph. And then once you've unlocked enough paragraphs, you unlock the story. So you, it, it's like a, it's a, a single process like that. And that is actually a part of the course that we are focusing on developing right now. We really want that, that in-depth uh, reward. We want that reward for people that focus on the course and and spend a lot of time and effort learning with us. And we want that, we don't want it just sort of, I mean, I love the hands and moving method. Everyone loves it, right? It, it's really fun and rewarding. Um, but it's, it's, you know, I just don't want, I don't want the whole, the, the main draw of the course just to be that kind of party trick where you can, you know, learn these characters in, in you know, how to read, write, and pronounce any character in 30 seconds. It's really cool and fun, but I want, I don't even want that to be the most fun part of the course. I want I want people to be 
rewarded for their efforts more and more as they develop their skills, which uh, Jason is doing right now. And uh, yeah, and that's that's something we want to do. We want, we want to keep adding more stories. We want to make um, the earlier sentences and stories even more comprehensible. Uh, that means less top-down words, and um, you know, it, that's 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 what I want to develop more, uh, and that's what we're doing right now. So we'll keep you updated on that. Jonathan Glazier on level thirteen completes it. Jonathan's just going into phase three, uh, where he's starting to read sentences now. Well, phew, level 13 was great, <laughs> but it's taken me a while to complete. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's, it, this is, because the reason why, of course, uh, is that throughout levels one to 12, you learn a bunch of words, but you don't have enough words to read yet, to read any sentences. Um, we used to include sentences, but it was too frustrating for people. It's just like, well, I only know two words out of these 10 words, so it's pointless. Um, so we saved up all of the sentences for the words they learn in levels one to 12. And then once they get to level 13, Boom, we unlock them all. So you can read all these, or most of them. Uh, but it's a lot. It's a lot to take on. It's about, you know, he's like, oh, I've just mastered learning characters. Cool. And then poof, you get this big avalanche of uh, reading and listening content. Um, yes, it was all the sentences, John. That's for sure. Uh, I managed to keep reviewing all my other cards every day, but all the sentences got backed up. But today I cleared them, and now I am back on track. It was partly that I got very busy. And it frustrated me that all I was doing was reviewing and didn't do any new lessons. I think it's good to go through these ups and downs because you can work through it and keep up the Anki reviews so it really gives you the confidence that you will carry on no matter what. So my advice is to do what you can, stick with Anki and don't worry about progressing all the time. A week of consolidation is no bad thing. This is exactly what I would say. Yes, if you feel you're starting to get behind don't don't worry about it. Just get those reviews done every day. That's the key thing. If you don't make any progress for a few days or a week or in a couple of weeks or whatever, that's fine. Just keep those reviews going. Great. Thanks for that input, Jonathan. Wonderful. So that's that's the last comment of this week that uh, that we wanted to share with you today on the podcast. So thank you so much for that. And I'm, I was, I was going to say, let's jump into the movies, but it's actually not plural. We've only got one movie this week that we're going to read out, which is from Deborah Driscoll for Make a Movie for You, which means language. Uh, I forget. Yeah, language. That's the keyword we chose. Good. So, and this is great. I love, I saw this. I've never, I would never have thought of this myself in a million years, but it's probably one of the, the best props I've ever seen, uh, which is Johnny Five right? The number five in Chinese, look at this language, uh, sorry, look at this language, look at this character for language. Is in, in the top right, you can see that's the number five in Chinese. And someone said it looks like Johnny Five, which is just for me, I was just so into that film as I was when I was a kid. I watched it so many times. And it does look like Johnny Five with this little like, tire track things like you know like a tank it, it's just i love that prop so whoever chose that well done uh, maybe it was deborah i'm not sure she he uh, she says johnny five is sitting on the heart shaped couch that's the mouth component with a giant microphone uh, in his hand that's the left side component the speech component in trots the unicorn that's the yu 
pronunciation. So Johnny Five decides to interview her. What language do you speak? I speak unicorn, of course, she replies. Unicorn, he asks, what kind of language is that? That's not even a real language. Indignant, the unicorn walks off muttering curses in her unicorn language. I don't know why, but I'm imagining that to be like Dothraki. <laughs> <laughs> but well done, Deborah. That's a really great story because um, it, it's really hard to visualize language. But um, I think that you said the word so much it could work. And you've got the idea of um, like him not understanding her. Like he's tr they're trying to speak. He's like, say, your, what kind of language is that? Maybe if, if she was like trying to have a conversation with him in Unicorn, uh, that would be a little bit clearer, but either way, it's like, or maybe as she speaks, like actual like like rainbow colored like words come out and start hitting Johnny in the face. That's unicorn language. Just the reason why I'm saying this, uh, this this uh, scene looks like it would be really fine. It, would, it looks like it would work. I'm just saying I always like to try, even if it does, it's a bit awkward or it doesn't, maybe it's not going to work long term. Or but I like to try and add in a visual representation of the keyword in every single scene. Even if it's difficult, it's an abstract, abstract keyword, just try. And I think that would work pretty well, actually. That was off the top of my head, but I'm pretty proud of that one. All right, so thank you, Deborah, for that great movie scene. Well done, and thank you, everyone, for your great comments. Uh, as usual, just very impressive, just awesome, very feel-good, positive stuff. So thank you for that. And uh, if you've watched this podcast or listened to this podcast all the way through and you haven't yet signed up to our course, give it a shot. You know, we have a seven day free trial, 30 day money back guarantee. Uh, so and it works really well. <laughs> so what a great salesman I am. Um, so yeah, check it out. Leave us a review on uh, Google and Facebook. That helps us so much, guys. If you haven't already done that, please do so. And uh, yeah, I will see you in a couple of weeks. Bye bye.